We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Field of 68 after dark, ladies and gentlemen, we have a thriller to talk about. One of the best college basketball games you were going to see all season long. Number 10 Creighton took down number nine Arkansas 90 to 87. We're going to talk about all of that. We got a Creighton player coming on the show here in about five minutes. My name is Rob Dosser. I'm joined tonight uh, by John Henson, North Carolina legend, and Jeff Goodman, who is uh, not really all that legendary. In I'm a legend. Come on, Henson <laughs> knows I'm a legend in my own mind. We're we're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook, and we have a ton to talk about tonight, guys. Creighton, Arkansas, Texas Tech, Louisville. The bottom of the ACC is very questionable. The top of the Big Ten looks really, really good, and of course, we need to talk about our favorite cities to get into the Final Four. Before we do all of that, to toast of the night, my favorite part of the night. John, I am going to you first on this one. Grace us. You know, I, I had two, right? I, I, the jo- St. John's, I was going to toast to them, right? They were, you know, when I left the room, they were up. And now it's, it's overtime. But I, I'm going to flip over to UVA. They had a tough year last year, um, and now they look primed and ready to go. Tony Bennett's got those guys geared up. I, I love how they're playing. I'm a Carolina guy, but I, I, I do enjoy how they're playing. Simple, good. We got to tell, hey, hey, Rob, we got to tell John the rules. So the rules are you got to, I think the rules are you got to toast yeah. on somebody that did something today. Am I wrong? You can, oh, okay. you can do whatever you want. It's, hey, listen, listen, good right. man. It's okay. John so Henson's world. The rest of us are just living it, okay? He's got I'm one. Of the day, I'm going to go, let's, let's go. Can, can we go Anthony Black, Arkansas? I mean, yeah. he, he, it might have been a coming out party for him. Um, I was talking to you guys earlier. I was like, where is he at on the draft boards? I just kid. He's a seven-point guard that hit 20-something, six and six. So I'm going to give my toast of the day to him. He's actually one of my favorite players I've been watching, and, and I'm ex- kind of excited to see where he goes, especially when, you know, they get their, their star back, Nick Smith. So it's, it's going to be – that's my toast. Goodman? Listen, uh, no, I like that toast. And and if I was going to toast the player, it, it might be Anthony Black. Uh, I'm going to toast uh, to April – uh, in 2028 to Las Vegas, Ooh. I'm going to be about 100 years old. I might have a wheelchair. I might have a walker, a cane. I have no idea, but I'm going to be in the clubs in Vegas. I'm going to be on the blackjack tables in Vegas, and I'm going to be watching the Final Four in Vegas in Allegiant Stadium, uh, 2028. Uh, we won't talk about 2027, at least not yet, but 2028, here we come, baby. Vegas, Final Four. Goodman, it's going to be my birthday on the first night that we're in the Final Four that year. 
my birthday is going to be that first night in the final four. You are not going to get up the next morning. <laughs> I'm not. I, I might. I might just show up a day late. Yeah. <laughs> I might just show up a day late is what I might have to do. Um, so my toast of the night is going to go. Uh, I'm going a little out of the box on this one. Uh, I am toasting to Andrew Nemhard, not Ryan Nemhard. I'm toasting to Andrew Nemhard, who all through halftime and all through the under four timeout at the end of the first half, we heard uh, an ESPN commentator talking <laughs> about how great of a night Andrew Nemhard was having. I don't even know if he was playing. He certainly wasn't playing out in Maui. So Andrew Nemhard, you got a ton of attention today. Cheers. Right, he's starting for the Pacers now. Andrew Nemhard's having a hell of a a hell of a season so far for the Pacers. Uh, and and his brother Ryan had a hell of a night. Uh, Ooh, not a bad one. He had 25, 5, and 5 to match Anthony Black, which is a perfect segue uh, while we wait for our guests to jump on here. Uh, John, first first impressions from this win for Creighton. How how good do you think they are? Was this uh, was this a result of just them getting hot in the moment? Like, what, What's your overall takeaway on this Creighton team? I mean, when you take a, a team like Creighton that, you know, doesn't play big-time teams necessarily in conference, or I guess they do now, but, you know, you take a team like Creighton that, you know, people kind of skeptical on, and they come and beat an athletic, young, NBA-caliber type of team, it's kind of scary, right? Like, because – I thought Creighton was going to win because I thought they were just a good, solid team. But the big boy down there, he was defending the rim, blocking shots. Nimhart was playing well. Um, Shireman, Shireman was was doing his thing. I mean, he looked really good. So they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you got to put those guys right in the running for winning a championship, how they handled Arkansas, you know, even Arkansas didn't have one of their best players. Yeah, they were awesome. They were awesome. And, and the, the beauty of Creighton, has always been that they can score, right? Greg McDermott has always had guys that can score. He He's kind of one of the best offensive minds probably in college basketball. But, you know, what I think this team has, they don't, they don't, they have multiple ball handlers on the court at all times, right? Obviously, Nemhard's the primary ball handler, but Trey Alexander can make plays. Shireman uh, can make plays for himself, for others. He sees the court well. He can pass it. He's got size, all of that. And then you've got a couple dudes you know, in a like Culperin is so good defensively, and Kaluma was in foul trouble and really didn't play well today. And they won despite that. He was turning the ball over way too much. They've got five really, really high level players that all fit the way Greg McDermott wants to play, and they're better, Rob, defensively than they've been in years. Yeah, that's that's what their anchor is, right? They can get out and they can pressure on the perimeter because, like John said, they got that big fella in the paint. They can kind of funnel everything to him, and he's going to erase stuff at the rim. Um, I thought, I thought it was really interesting how, what Musk likes to do, we were talking about this a little bit off air, what Musk loves to do is find one weakness and attack it over and over and over again. And that, that was basically flat ball screens, which means they set up Anthony Black based at half court, more or less. They put whoever Cal Brenner was guarding at the top of the key, and they just let Black run off of him, try to get the defender on his hip and then play two on one with Cal Brenner in the middle. And it worked for about the first eight minutes really well in the second half. And then what they did was switch to a zone. So I thought it was really interesting that he was that, that McDermott was willing to switch the defenses that he was playing and go to some. I I don't know how much they practice zone. I'm guessing not all that much if you're that good defensively man to man. But you're right. It's John. It's the defense that they can play and the way they can get stops that stand out. I mean, the, they were going blow for blow. I had to like do a double take because like it's Creighton on the jersey, right? Like they were going blow for blow, like they're power five blue chip type school. So. It's uh he's got something boiling down there, man. So I'm excited to kind of see what they do this year, kind of with the hype now behind him now. How about Nemhard's dunk, huh? 
Did, who did you jump out of your seat? I almost, I almost I was shocked. my entire house that up. Threw me off a little bit too, man. I was like, oh, I kind of jumped off the couch. So that, that was that was that was fun, man. All right, so we have uh, Baylor Shireman here joining us, uh, the star of the Creighton Blue Jays. There's Rob Anderson, their SID. Rob, uh, can you guys hear us now? We are live, Baylor. Um, congratulations on the win, man. Um, and I guess you're still muted. Can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear you're me? Good. So I don't use yep. the headband on Baylor. No headband for the for the interview. No, it's just for the game, man. All right, all right. <laughs> well, listen, man. Congratulations on the win. Um, I, if you, I'm assuming, if you were a college basketball fan growing up, you you probably watched a lot of Maui Invitational games. It's one of the legendary events during the season. You got a chance to play there. Got to play in an all time classic, and you got a win. What was it like experiencing that uh, that 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 game and that atmosphere? Yeah, you know, it was like a dream come true, to be honest. Like you said, I grew up watching the Maui Invitational in Aurora, Nebraska, so I never really thought, you know, I, I'd be in Hawaii um, playing in it. But, you know, ultimately that's why I chose to come to Creighton to play these big-time games. And it was just a phenomenal atmosphere, you know, two, you know, great teams going at it. Um, and, and, you know, that's what you dream of. John, go ahead. Quick question, man. Just kind of going to go a little off basketball, but you had a good game. Uh, hey, I love watching you play. So – I want to go on a nice night out, dinner, all that good stuff. Brookings, South Dakota, or Omaha, Nebraska? <laughs> I don't. I know more. I know more spots in Brookings. I haven't been in Omaha that long. I mean, I grew up there, but I, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Omaha. I'd, I'd say Omaha. You should. Okay. You should. Okay. Yeah. You should. <laughs> Matter that you're there now, man. Now that there's you're there, you have to say. Yeah. There's great. <laughs> there's great steakhouses in Omaha. The steak's phenomenal. All right. You got the you got the beef down there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I came out there, Baylor, uh, actually years ago, uh, Greg and Doug McDermott. I'm sure Greg paid. Doug didn't pay. Uh, <laughs> it was before Doug started making real money. They took me to the Drover yeah. in Omaha. Ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous things. Yeah. So, yeah, I've heard good. About and Omaha is a great like. It's a great city that I don't think people really understand. Like, if you haven't been there, you don't know how cool that city is in that area and how much they love Creighton basketball for you when you were going through the process, you know, leaving South Dakota state, a lot of people thought you were going to go to Nebraska. You know, it was closer to home. That yeah. was kind of the word I got early was Nebraska was going to be the leader. You yeah. chose Creighton instead. Why? And, and how well does it fit your game, that offense? Yeah. Well, it fits my game perfectly. You know, a lot of people have been asking, like, how has the transition been so smooth? Well, it's just like it's really like the only thing that's changed is the players I'm playing with. You know, the system, it, it really hasn't been much of a much of a, an adjustment for me at all. Um, and then, yeah, you know, choosing Creighton over Nebraska, um, I knew what kind of team we were going to have at Creighton. And I wanted to play against the best every single night and have a chance to, you know, um, showcase my talent on the national stage. Um, and make a deep run and ultimately, you know, try to win a national championship. And I thought Creighton gave me the best chance for that. So I want to ask you about Ryan Nemhard, specifically his dunk. We were just talking about that right before uh, you jumped on. Have you seen that out of him before? Because I saw him going down the lane and I saw Arkansas's big fella stepping up. I was like, what? Where's he go? Oh, OK, that's what he's doing. Is that did that's catch you guys off guard, too? Or have you seen that before? No, nah, we've seen that before. I didn't catch me off guard a single bit. <laughs> he always does the gather step, too. I knew it was coming as soon as he, as soon as he took off. All yeah, right, so fine. you go up against one of the most athletic teams in the country. Uh, what was it like being out there? I mean, last year you are in the Summit League. Now mm -hmm. you're playing against, you know, 6'7", Anthony Black, 
Brazil is a freak athlete. Jordan Walsh is a freak athlete. You know, I think in, in a way, you might have caught him at the right time without Nick Smith early yeah. on in the season. They're going to get better and better. I know you guys are too. But what was it like playing against that high level of, of athleticism today? Yeah, you know, obviously it was a lot different than South Dakota State playing in the summer league, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, kind of got a little taste of it going through the NBA process and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say. It's a lot of fun. I mean, that's I came to play against the, the, the highest level of dudes and, and, you know, see how I stack up. And I'm pretty confident in my ability to play. So it was a lot of fun. I want to ask you about the big fella, Kalkbrenner inside. Um, what that knowing that you have that that massive human being at the rim, is it make it a little bit easier for you defensively? Do you feel a little bit more comfortable with maybe you know gambling for a steal, getting out and pressuring a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I haven't played with a, a seven footer ever in my basketball career, so um, knowing that he's back there, um, it takes a lot of pressure off us up front, knowing that maybe we can gamble every once in a while, but um, you know, kind of just having that safety net back there. Um, it is, it's very calming on the defensive end. Were you the center in high school? Were you the tallest guy on your team? I was the tallest guy on the team. I didn't play center. I played guard, but I, I mean, I guarded their biggest dude. Yeah, I was pretty, I was the biggest dude. <laughs> hey, so look, can we get a look at the, the, the T? Like, it's, you know, it's, it's a new age in college basketball. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get yourself some. Bar <laughs> hey, sports, man. hey, they oh, went up today. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's it been like NIL wise for you, Baylor? I know I'm not going to ask you exactly how much money you made uh, yeah. as a guarantee for going, but I know Creighton does NIL well. Yeah. I know that for a fact from, from even a year ago, they were one of the, the, the teams that was ahead of the game with NIL. What, what's it been like from you for you now? Because you didn't have, I assume you had nothing NIL a year ago at South Dakota state. Yeah. 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 I didn't really have much um, at, at South Dakota state. Um, obviously, um, coming to Creighton, it's definitely been a blessing. Um, definitely, you know, a lot of hard work rewarded. Um, but also at the same time, you know, I'm I'm focused on, you know, trying to make it to the NBA and hopefully making a lot more money on the back end than 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 right here. So, but it's definitely been a blessing for sure. Yeah, nice give to me, get a little give me the bit of one money thing, in your pockets. Give me the one thing you've been able to get this year. Like, what's the one big purchase? that you were able to get that you were like, I got to do this. I, I really haven't bought that much, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, really, yeah, I really haven't bought anything. I, I mean, I bought this. This was pretty expensive. I'm not going to lie. But, but I mean, other than that, yeah, but other than that, yeah, I really haven't bought it. Ask Kenson. Really hey, ask Kenson what he got with his first NBA paycheck. What was yeah. your big purchase? When I, I, I bought me a, a Range Rover. I bought a Range Rover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's always interesting because when I was in school and we got our scholarship checks or whatever, I was like buying like I bought like a flat screen. That was like my biggest. I was like, yes, I get a, a flat screen TV. So yeah, times have changed. I see. And also, one more thing: has there any Nate Walter sightings? Is, is that way or was? I've, I've never met him. I I, I think he, we follow each other on social media. Okay. Um, but yeah, I never met him. I have never yeah, met him. He was my draft class, man. That was my guy. So I know. Yeah. It was awesome. He was. Yeah. Hey, how, how much of an advantage is it, Baylor, having three guys out there that are kind of point guards? I, I know you're not, you know, maybe a straight point guard, but you could play the point. Yeah. Obviously, Trey can play the point, and, and we know Ryan's a point. Yeah. I mean, it just takes pressure off everyone, every single one of us. I mean, I think that's one of the blessings of, of you know, being at Creighton and having the team we do. Uh, do have is you know last year at South Dakota State when when we're playing these big times, 
big time teams I have to have the hand the ball in my hands all the time and they're keying me on me all the time and having great players around me um, allows me kind of just to play a lot more free and um, opens up things for me so I can have um, nights like like I did tonight yeah well listen uh you're gonna have a lot of nights like tonight for the rest of the season I'm excited to watch you guys and where you end up this year appreciate you joining us go get some rest man you got another game coming up in what 20 yeah, so hours or something like that yeah I mean it's quick we play at 12 tomorrow it's I don't know what time it is here you Six. can't sleep now who are you kidding there's no way you can fall asleep right now no not right now give me a couple hours exactly you, know? you gotta wind down from that yeah, one. yeah I gotta wind down <laughs> listen congrats man I saw you last year in the NCAA tournament loved you loved your game Love the way you play. Your court vision is ridiculous. Passing ability. And uh, you guard a little bit now, too. I like it. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to show it in the summit. Come on now. No question. No question. Congrats, man. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Baylor. That was uh, Baylor Shire and the star of the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, we're going to talk about Arkansas here just in one second. I want to ask you guys, though, I'm a little bit worried about the fact that Creighton doesn't really get any production from, from the bench, right? I think they got, Agreed. what was it today? I got it up here. They got three points from their bench. They got a total of 25 minutes. Um, and I thought it was obvious that the the guys coming off the bench weren't ready for that level of game. So, John, let me ask you this first. Was, is this something more where you can develop it throughout the year if you're Coach McDermott? Is it something where guys just got to be able to figure out what their job is? Or do you just ride with your dudes at this point? I think it's a ride with your dudes situation. Um, you know, you give you guys rest when you can specifically off the court practices and things like that recovery. And, you know, hopefully, you know, it doesn't become a situation where when it comes down to March, they'll be there at the end somehow, some way, you know, they, they had their guys stay healthy. Cause you know, if you look at team like North Carolina, had they had a little more depth, I think they, they win that championship. So hopefully that hasn't come into play, but it's early. They're kids. It's it's a new day and age in sports. They're not lifting eight times a week like we were. Like you know, so you know, it's it's a. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be fine. Goodman, are you worried? Yeah, I am. I well, I just think McDermott's got to pick his spots and find these guys more time. Whether it's Mason Miller, whether it's Frederick King, whether it's Ferbello, like those guys tonight, you couldn't do it, right? I mean, this was too high level a game. You just couldn't trust some of those guys tonight. But I think you've got to pick your spots here coming out of Maui maybe when you've already built up some equity and, and maybe run off three straight to win this thing, then you can say to yourself, hey, you know what? I'm going to be able to do it some of these buy games, certainly, and even some of the conference games uh, against the lower level, you know, the Georgetowns of the world. You better play those guys. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that it said a lot more about Arkansas, the fact that those guys couldn't end up playing. I mean, Farabella transferred in from – uh, the Big 12. We've seen Sharif Mitchell have have good moments in um, in Big East play, right? And, and we know I I know Mason Miller and I know Frederick Ring are, are guys that uh, McDermott feels very good about. So let's talk about this Arkansas team. The thing that really impressed me more than anything else, you guys already hit on this, was Anthony Black. I I did not My God. Goodman. I did not expect him to come in and have this level of ability already. Like he is just so calm and composed yeah. in ball screens that you can't teach that right you just kind of have that and for a kid that's what like 19 years old to be able to come off and make some of those reads and make some of those plays and have that feel I, I could not have been more impressed watching him play he was awesome he was awesome on both ends right John I mean like usually freshmen don't come in and want to guard and offensively we saw what he could do you know handling the ball making good decisions scoring when he needed to but to me 
I think what what gives this Arkansas team a chance to maybe get to a Final Four and maybe win the whole thing is you've got freshmen that were high highly ranked guys that want to come in 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 Black and Jordan Walsh that want to guard. That that to me separates them. And, and, and Walsh, I think, is such a credit to his his basketball IQ and acumen because he didn't do too much. He guarded. He took his he took his plays when he took his spots when he could. And, and Black, he has a kind of an innate kind of natural feel for the game. You know, a, a move that stuck out to me was on the fast break where he split the two guys with the Euro. It's just something you can't teach, man. So I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm going to see if this, this kind of keeps going on, but I promise you, if he keeps playing like this, he'll hear his name called within the first High. 10 names. High. Yeah, that's sure. a, well, because with that size, as a point yes. guard, with that size and that two-way ability, like there just aren't a lot of dudes like that. Can he shoot? How well can he shoot at Goodman? I think he's decent. You know, from from that was kind of his probably the biggest weakness coming in. I mean, same thing with with obviously Jordan Walsh is an athlete, right? I saw him play a good amount at the PHM. He's a big time athlete, defender, not known to be a shooter, so that might hold him back a little bit. Uh, Black is more a streaky shooter than anything. And then we haven't even talked about him, but Brazil was freaking ridiculous tonight. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He saved him. I mean, he, he kind of – he. I mean, those two threes, the game was kind of, you know, not out of hand, but they, they had it on hold, and those two threes kind of sparked a little life in him, especially the second one. So he played well. And those – I mean, those dunks, I mean, whew. He um, is long and athletic. He's like, I, is, how tall is he? 6'8"? How tall is he? 6'9"? Yeah, like 6'10". Six, like 6'9". 6'9". Yeah. Okay. And he transferred from Missouri, and they've been raving about him. And, and he was like, you know, when he transferred, I don't think anybody knew he was this good because Missouri, they were kind of irrelevant last year. He didn't put up big numbers, and and certainly you didn't expect. And I think in the scout, it, it obviously the, the scout said let him shoot it from three mm-hmm. because nobody was near him on those. And, and well, he part of the reason part of the reason they weren't is because Kalkbrenner was guarding him, and I think that was part of Muss's game plan. Is like, okay, look, we're just gonna. You're going to play out here. We know that he can't come out there and stay with you because he doesn't have the quick feet like that. So I think that was part of the game plan. And look, frankly, that's what makes Brazil so dangerous because he can he can play the five defensively, and you know you can pull him out, and that's why you need big guys that can shoot um, at the next level. I you mentioned Jordan Walsh, that dude can guard. Yes. Like that that dude that dude is an animal. That Arthur Kaluma is a really good player. Arthur Kaluma is a guy that could end up being a late first-round draft pick. Arthur Kaluma looked horrible tonight for about, about the first, like, 35 minutes. He made some plays down the stretch. But, I like, I'm sitting there watching him. I'm like, there's no way this dude is actually this bad. And I think it had everything to do with Jordan Walsh. Like, the that length, that athleticism, there's a lot of guys that have that. John, how many guys do you know that that – that can build themselves around entirely around being defense. Like that's, that's pretty unique, especially for a kid five star. What was he top 15 player in the country? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. You know, I always used to say being a defensive guy, if you can play defense, you can go to the court. Right. And then everything else takes care of yourself. And I think Walsh is kind of fitting to that mold. You know, he's got a lot of guys like the score. He's got a lot of offensive guys, but he, you have to play him because the way he guards the plays he makes, like I said, I loved how he didn't try to force it. Like Kaluma was forcing it, um, 
And and so I, I loved how I mean I loved how he played and, and you know he had one kind of athletic play where he almost dunked the dude. So um, that's just a credit to the coaching. His coaching before um, before college, um, he's got all SEC all defensive potential. I, I think he he he's going to be good. Mm-hmm. What what's the ceiling for this Arkansas team, Jeff? When they get Nick Smith back, I mean the biggest question for me was obviously the chemistry. Right. And you got 11 of 13 guys that are that are brand new, bunch of transfers, which Moss has done a great job. He's used to that. Right. From coaching the NBA, from obviously doing it at Nevada as a head coach with with transfers and now at Arkansas. But the blend of the transfers and then the highly ranked freshmen. And it was like, all right, I don't know how this is going to work. It's certainly going to take a while. Arkansas last year, John, was not very good early. And mm-hmm. didn't really play anybody, didn't really beat anybody. And the fans hated me because I wouldn't rank them. And they weren't, they just weren't that good early. And then they turned it on second half. And I figured they'd probably do something similar this year. But instead, coming they're, out. They're already, like, they're, they're already. Like they, that is a, that is a final four caliber team right now. And they still have a lottery pick that's not playing. I, I What I love about them is they have. Basically, when Nick Smith gets back, I think they'll probably cut that cut down that rotation at six guys. Maybe the Mitchell twins will each get like five or six minutes, but it's basically going to be those six guys. And they're all big. They can all play on the perimeter. Um, they're all switchable. If you really wanted to, you could probably switch one through five when you have Anthony Black and Nick Smith out there. They're, they're, those guys are both. What, what's Nick Smith? Six, four? Yes. Right? Something like that. Yep. Yeah. So you could be really switchable. You have freshmen that are one polished at, a, at the point guard spot. And two, willing to defend like that. I don't know how you can come out of that thinking anything other than like, okay, Arkansas, like they can get back to a fight. They've been to back, back-to-back early dates. This team might actually be better than those other two teams. I don't think that's crazy to say, John, is it? Yeah, I think in, in those those three freshmen they have, they're going to get incrementally better as the season goes on. They're going to get more comfortable. That's kind of the only reason why I took Creighton was because of the experience kind of factor. Um, but once those guys get rolling and, and towards the end of the season um, – you know, it's kind of funny you talk about Arkansas three top ranked freshmen like they're Kentucky. Like it's kind of it's like how to you know how you know him to be down there doing that is kind of crazy. But I, I'm excited to like that's one of the teams I kind of got marked off. Like I, I just want to watch them from a fan perspective because they were so fun to watch. They they were you know it, it was fun, man. It was a fun game. Game wow. of the year for so far. I mean, they they've got these these big time players, and part of the reason they've got them because they got momentum. They've done well, but they've also got NIL. And, right. and that combination, um, you're going to be able to compete for for those top players. And, again, the beauty of those guys, they're all different. The key is going to be, though, when Nick Smith comes in, right? Like, how much does he want to show he's the guy, especially right. after missing now the first, you know, five, six games? Is he going to come in firing or not? I don't think he will. I mean, again – I don't know him super well, but everything I've been told and 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 we have talked to him, he just he seems like a really good kid. But some of these kids are going to play for draft stock, and some mm-hmm. aren't. Some are just going to say to themselves, you know what, like Dylan Mitchell at Texas, I am what I am. I'm buying into winning. I don't need my shots. Nick Smith, though, his draft stock is based on scoring. So that's going to be interesting to see. Jordan Walsh, are you okay averaging eight points a game this year? You know, he, he should be because if, if he does what he did tonight and maybe knocks down a couple more threes, like he's going to end up being a, a first round pick. Guys that can defend like that are, are very valuable if they can shoot. I'm, I would be more worried about 
Ricky Council, right? Because he's he's scoring a lot now. He got 19 shots tonight. When Nick Smith comes back, what happens if that goes to eight or nine shots, right? What happens to Devo Davis? Does Devo Davis come off the bench right. again? Um, is it something where he's got to – he was the all the preseason SEC player of the year last year, right? And he came in this season uh, and he ended up coming off the bench. When Arkansas, when Arkansas went on their run last year, John, is when Devo mm-hmm. accepted a role off the bench and that's when they became really, really good. So what happens when you add this other shooter, this other shot maker into the mix? Are there going to be – enough uh enough people willing to sacrifice and i think that will end up being the key but if there's one thing about Mus, he can find a way to get that done and he's done it over and over and over again all right i'm putting both of you guys on the spot good man we're going to you first on this one you have to buy into just one of those two teams creighton or arkansas who are you buying into long term boy i never thought i'd say this but arkansas absolutely i i just think they can do it on both ends when you get nick smith smith back You've got a team that's going to be able to score at a high level, and I think they can be an elite defensive team. Like Creighton can't be an elite defensive team. They're going to be better than they've probably ever been, uh, and they can score with anybody. I, I think Arkansas has a chance to be a top-10 team on both ends of the court. Uh, well, Creighton was a top-12 team on defense last year. but They weren't top-10, though. Yeah, there you go. John, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Arkansas, too. I, I mean, when you see what they put on the court, those kids have just started their college career. Yeah. Nick Smith is coming back. I, I do think that, you know, the, the team looks like they're well coached. And when you get a group of athletes that look like they're well coached and that buy in, that's when you win games. And so hopefully with Smith coming back, he can, he can, he's kind of learning and seeing because at the end of the day, you know, he's a scorer, but winning matters, man. Winning really matters to these guys, college guys. And, you know, it should. Especially, you know, it should. Yeah, it's, Not yeah. to all of them, to some. Not to all of them. Not all of them, but winning matters also to go to the next level. That's what I kind of meant to say. So, like, yeah. hopefully Nick realizes that if, if Arkansas can stay a perennial top 10 team and win the SEC and go far in the tournament, I don't think – I don't. I think Nick Smith scores – who cares what he scores? He's going to be drafted at a high. So, yes. um, hopefully he realizes that, checks out the pod, and, you know, take a little advice. <laughs> um, as much as it pains me to say this, I, I kind of think I have to take Arkansas too because I thought that they were – um, as impressive and not if not more impressive than Creighton, I thought that uh, if there was a friendly whistle in the second half of that game, I think Creighton got the friendly whistle and Nick Smith is not playing yet. So I still like I can see where there's a uh, more of a ceiling for Arkansas than there will be for um, Creighton moving forward. But for the record, I love both of these teams Me and too. I would love to see them both in the Final Four um, coming up in Houston. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about this Arizona San Diego state game later. Arizona was up by 15 at one point in the first half and San Diego state made a run. They took a lead early in the second half. It's now 50 to 45 with about 14 minutes left in that game. Um, while we wait to, for that to get a little bit closer to the end, let's talk about the first game that we saw in Maui today, Texas tech and Louisville and Texas tech looked really good. They won by 32 points. They only scored 70 to me. The talking point here is the Louisville Cardinals and the Louisville basketball program, which is not – they're 0-5 right now. They are maybe the worst high-major team in all of college basketball, Jeff. I don't think I ever would have predicted that happening. And the level at which they've fallen off and how quickly they've fallen off is frankly kind of shocking. What do you make of Louisville at this point and Kenny Payne, uh, the start of a <laughs> underwhelming start to a tenure? I mean, you can't have scripted a worse start in every single uh, phase for Kenny Payne. Um, you know, they're 0-5. They're the first ACC team to go on 5 since Virginia in 1960. 
61. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got 36 assists and 90 turnovers in their five games, which puts them at, uh, I, I think, 353 out of 363 in turnover percentage. Um, they had the fewest points today since 1981 when they scored 40, 42 against Cincinnati. Uh, they missed out on DJ Wagner, their top recruit. They lost him to, to uh, Kentucky, their arch nemesis. Uh, <laughs> it's It's brutal. I mean – they, they've got some talent. They don't have a lot. Their backup point guard is, is Hersey Miller, who couldn't play at Tennessee State. Uh, right, Master P's son? Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's awful. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not there, – there, there's some things he inherited that obviously he didn't inherit a great amount of talent. They were not great last year. Part of this goes to the previous regime and Chris Mack and – uh, and their staff. They didn't leave them with a ton of really good guards or anything like that. But they do have a couple top 100 freshmen, Kamari Lands and Devin Reed. They do have one of the top transfers in Brandon Huntley uh, Hatfield, who came over from Tennessee. They've got other top 100 players in their roster. I'm not saying top 100 players are everything, but Roosevelt Wheeler, Mike James were top 100 players. L. Ellis and Sydney, L. Ellis was like the number one Juco player in the country. Uh, Jalen Withers is talented. They should not be this bad. They should not be this bad it's a joke right now how bad they are how much of an embarrassment it is how they didn't recruit other point guards in the portal I know they missed on a couple but you got to have somebody in there who can handle the ball because LL is is not even really a point guard and he's forced to play you know 30 minutes at the point uh, when, when that's really not what he is he's a scoring guard who really should be playing off the ball as much as he's playing on the that, ball. that's what I don't get like you had a, a whole summer worth of transfers to look at there was going to be someone some level of guard doesn't matter if they could actually play in the ACC or not there would have been some point guard that would have said hey you know what this is my chance to play at Duke to play at North Carolina to play at Syracuse to play all of these ACC teams how do you not how, like how do you how was your backup point guard masterpiece son like how was how that the best situation you can run into it's bad man some, some backroom conversations happen for that one, I'm trying to tell you but uh <laughs> no, I think you know Louisville among 1,521 high major programs or high major seasons since 2011 they're the first team with more than 80 turnovers and fewer than 40 assists in their first five games all that tells me is they need to go bowling, team building. They need to like skate. And you can't create a point guard though. You can't yeah, create one for sure. But you can. You that tells me that they like they need to move. Like they need to play. They be, need to be cohesive. This is a team that's probably trying to get things done by themselves. And the things that started snowballing. And you know, Kenny Payne coming from the NBA. When you snowball, you get traded, you get fired. So like he's got to figure it out, right? So. Um, it, it's a, it was a sight for sore eyes. I mean, it went 10 minutes without scoring a point, a bucket, 10 minutes. Like that is crazy. And four field goals in the first half, right? Four field goals. Like I'm yeah, they need to just, you know what? They need to take a day off and like go to the Louisville zoo and just like kind of have a cool (laughs) body and say something. Right. Cause I don't think it's, they're that bad. Hand in hand, should they go to the zoo and all hold hands like little kindergartners? And they need to play, you know, hey, don't dribble. We're just going to pass the ball the whole practice. I mean, there's a lot of tricks, you know what I mean? But I think that's the biggest thing, the assist, assist factor here. You know? Hey, Rob, my, my team building exercise, go to the Louisville Zoo and play like Duck, Duck, Goose. Right. You know, something, man. Hey, no. look, man, just, you know, I, I, I think back to North Carolina, right? We were struggling. I think it was my first year. We were struggling. Um... Deion Thompson said, everybody show up to my house. 
Everybody went to his house, man. We talked it out. We had a good time. We stayed in the house all night. We chatted. We hung out. And it, it kind of changed the dynamic of the team because it was a weird dynamic between the young guys and the old guys. And we kind of squashed that that night and, and we started improving and playing as a team. So there needs to be some type of meeting like that, in my opinion. It's not basketball, personally. I don't think it is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you think the problem is that he came from the NBA and he thought he could tank for the number one pick? Is he trying to get yeah. Benyama? Is uh, that what it is right now? Kenny was my, you know, when I was with the Knicks, um, I did, I signed a couple of 10 days with the Knicks. Kenny was my, you know, Kenny knows my dad. I was kind of close with him, man, when I was with the Knicks. And uh, he's such a laid-back, chill guy, man. I, I wonder what he said in that locker room, you know, after the game. So hopefully he lit a fire under him. My, Listen, my hot take is today, Rob. I got a ton of texts today from people saying, could he be fired after this year? Could Kenny Payne be gone? Now, Kenny Payne was still Louisville royalty, right? He was he was on a team that won the national title. He is not going to be fired after one year at Louisville. There is no chance for that. Well, I, yeah, I was about to say the issue to me is the building of the roster more than it is his ability to coach at this yeah. point. You, you have two guards. And and let's let's be honest, right? The reason they look so bad tonight is because you can't have no guards and play against that Texas Tech no middle defense exactly. that have it. Right. Like you just have you just have no chance with the way the Texas Tech guards. But to me, this is this is a lot more about like not getting the pieces in that you need to get in than it is about like uh, can he coach? We don't know because he doesn't have anybody that he that he doesn't have a point guard. Yeah. Can't do anything if you don't have a point guard. So. Smack left that place in shambles. We gotta think about that as well. So you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like give him a little time. Uh, they can't be this bad, you know, for a long period of time because. Louisville is a high-level basketball school. It is. You know, you know, the summers up there, they got Montrez and Rondo and Terry Rozier. Those guys coming back. Like this is not a, this is not a school that's supposed to be on five, right? Like so. Hopefully, they figure that out. Man. Are you, uh, are you at all concerned about what this means for the ACC, like big picture, right? Because we've seen Florida State really struggle. Now Louisville's really struggling. BC Goodman's favorite team. He predicted them to go to the Elite Eight this year. They really haven't been all that good. It's amazing that like we all were, we all came into this year saying Georgia Tech might be the worst team in that conference, and like they could finish in the top ten. Like they could finish tenth, and I would That's not. That's not be a good thing. That's, That's not, not a good thing. thing. It's no, not a good not thing. Good. So we're like, I mean, how how worried are you about the bottom of this league, John? I mean, Syracuse just lost. Syracuse lost to St. John's. That's yeah, not good. But come on, man. Get, put put a little bit of respect on Posh Alexander's name, okay? You they have a first team All American point guard on the roster, Goodman. Hey, I don't know if you know about that, John. He put uh, he put Andre Corbella first team All American last year. Goodman did. Okay, 
Yeah, I mean, and I had a couple concussions. Playing. Come on, <laughs> come on. In the first, in the first two weeks, they've lost eleven games. And the ACC has lost eleven games to teams outside the traditional high major. That is scary. I mean, that's Pac-12, right? So, you know, the big dogs are gonna have to hang their hats. And, you know, it's going to have to be one of those, you know, probably one of those years where those UVAs, the Dukes, and North Carolinas are going to have to be like 15 and 2, 14 and 3, 4, 4, any respect to happen. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But it, it's, it's not looking, I mean, Florida State lost to Stetson. I mean, I, I st- I'm, still, I'm still hearing the kids screaming, running up and down the street up here. You know what I mean? Like, it was a, it was a crazy <laughs> loss, right? Like, that's not supposed to happen. Stetson is like a warm up game. You know what I mean? So right. it's a, uh, you know, cold. No, cold. you're right. There's got to be. You know, four or five teams at the top now. Carolina and Virginia have to be dominant. Duke's got to be very good. Virginia Tech already lost the game. They probably shouldn't have. You know, somebody else has to step forward because the bottom of the league, we're seeing it now. Louisville's going to stink. Florida State stinks. Pittsburgh stinks. Georgia Tech stinks. Uh, You know, those other ones. Boston College lost by 20 to Tarleton State. Yeah, Boston College. Right now, they're thin. Listen, I'm going to make excuses for the hometown team. They're without several key players, and and the, listen, you know, to me, you sound like Sean Miller just just raving about the Pac-12 last year. I'm just coming up with every excuse in the world. Though. Any any team from the state of from uh, the state of Massachusetts, any team that is within a stone's throw of Boston, and Goodman's going to ride for them till the listen, end. Listen, Henson's going to have to defend South Florida at some point soon. So, <laughs> listen, I, I listen. I try to I try to stay away from that bad omen that's over that place. I mean, if, you, if coming from local, you know, locally coming up, it's just a, the location of the campus is a little rough. That you know, it's not in a good little area where you know Tampa really shows itself as a you know you guys don't know the University of Tampa, but it's on the water. Yeah. It's it's downtown. I mean, it's a whole. If USF was on the water downtown. We we get some guys down there, but get some dudes. Handsome nobody. Money. It's, it's tough, and then you got UCF up the street. You got yeah. Florida State, Florida. You got hey, you got Miami. Now, when I was when I was coming up, we always took that official. Even when we weren't going to Miami, we took that. <laughs> you know, we hey, John Wall was down there with that. You know, we were like, hey, yep. look, let's go to Miami. Hey, let's let's just let's just check it out. You know what I mean? So it's tough. Um, you know, it's tough. They're gonna have to use that NIL deal. You know, kind of to maybe get things going, but. I don't know if they got enough money because I mean Miami's giving the guys millions from the life lot guy or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Johnny Ruiz getting mm-hmm. it done. I, I'm yeah. a big uh, I'm a big St. Pete Beach guy, John. Big fan of St. Pete Beach. I, I love hey, we call that PCI beach down here, man. You know, love PCI. <laughs> um Gordon almost went there. He decided to go to Charleston. He bailed on it. He could have come and hung out with you, could have taken you out to I actually. Know. There's no chance that he would have paid for dinner if you would have gone. He would have, he would have made you reach in your pocket. You're within the city limits, man. It's on me, though. So but Doss, <laughs> here's the thing: we were gonna do it, and then Doster's like, "Well, it's a little like low, like I don't know what you called it, but you were like, it's not like high class down there. It, no, it's like it's beach, yeah, man. It's a beach it's, town. I wish, I wish, like Clearwater Beach and Safety Beach, like you know, there there is no, and you don't. It's not this to say you were staying at a five-star hotel, but there's no five-star hotel down there. So that kind of lets you know how it is. Um, Tampa's working on it. We got our first one downtown. So, but yeah, it's definitely not somewhere where you're going to go and just, you know, be cutting steaks, you know, at Ruth Chris, man. It's a, it's a fun place to go and hang out. I like it more so in the day, day vibes. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. 
it's a it's a great place to go and, and like hang out during the day and drink some beers on the beach and yep, a little bit of sun get away from the cold up here in the in the uh in the winter um it's not i don't know if you want to spend a month down there with your wife on a romantic trip couldn't no, I, I, I was doing Charles. i was doing you a favor okay yeah i appreciate it other than the fact favor. that charleston's about 10 degrees cooler so i'm still gonna need to bring a coat a, a jacket you're gonna eat 17 banana puddings a night and and really? just you're, you're gonna be okay you'll be all right. all right so before we move off the acc i want to ask you guys this i gotta ping you on it um i have i don't know if you've seen this john in our merch store we have a shirt ko right there 94 81 81 77 you know what that is it's the knockout. It's the K out. It's the K out t-shirt. You get that field of 68 dot shop. If you are a North Carolina fan, I think you're probably like, you see my Tar Heel bobblehead up there, man. Come on. Yeah, I like it. I like it. There you go. Um, All right. So who is the best team in the ACC, John? I'm putting you on the spot on this one. Are you going to go with UNC? You could be a homer if you want to here. You're allowed to. I'm not going to be a homer. I've watched, I've watched, I got to go UVA, man. I mean, if I've got to, if you're going to, if you're going to take someone, you got to go UVA at the moment. Um, I need to see what UNC does up in Portland and, and you know, kind of how they look because, you know, even with uh, JMU, I mean, it, I feel like that should have been a, a lot less closer than it was. Um, so this narrative close games keeps coming by. So I, eventually someone's going to knock them down. So I'm a little worried about that. But UVA, they look good. They look solid defensively. They look good. Um they look scary, man. Like, you know, so uh, I'm going to go with UVA. But you want to see a close second. You know, we'll give them a close second. How about that? An objective uh, person on the, on the pod here, John Henson, going UVA today. <laughs> I If you were if you went to Duke, they'd disown you from the brotherhood for saying that, by the way. Right. Hey, listen, man, it's different over there, man. I don't know what they got going on. That's why I stayed away. How much do you hate Duke? Um, You know what? I just have a very like high level dislike for Duke because my sister did play basketball there. Got so Duke women's basketball, we're cheering for them, right? We're cheering yeah. Carrie Lawson over there. We love her. Um, but Duke men's basketball, I mean, we just, just, it's not, we just don't, you know, we do things different. You know, they're, we're Tar Heel family. They're Duke brotherhood. You know, it's, you know, they took the whole family thing from us. They like to do a lot of hugs and, you know, all that touchy feely stuff over there. You know, hey, guys, keep that on, keep that, keep that across 10 miles down the road. We don't, we don't need all that. So you don't want them at Franklin street. You don't want them anywhere near Franklin. You know what? They can come to Franklin street, support our businesses, please. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. fair. It's fair. You're going to be the mayor of Chapel Hill soon, man. I love it. Goodman, who's your favorite team? Or not your favorite team. Who is the best team in the ACC? Yeah, Today it is Virginia. John's right. Today it's Virginia. But again, last year, John, what you don't know is, uh, last year, we'll give you a quick Cliff Notes version. Uh, Carolina is playing at Mohegan Sun. Doster and I are there. We do a, a show right after, and Carolina was terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, they were embarrassed by Tennessee, and uh, and we do this show, and we called them soft, and they were like five, ten feet away after the game. We're yeah, the we didn't realize the they were walking right behind us. We're like, yeah, they're soft. They don't want to play defense. They're selfish. And they're like right there just mean mugging us behind us on the camera. Like, oh. Might so they remembered that. <laughs> so like, it was classic. I, I get the microphone at the Final Four, and I hadn't seen him again since then in person. And uh, right when I get the microphone, uh, Armando looks at me with a big, big smile. And he's like, I've been waiting for this all year. And he was cool about it, but he was like, Look, we, we, we turned this shit around. We turned this shit around. We did get tough. Um, that's my big thing. Are they 
reading their press clippings now? Are they feeling, and to me, Caleb Love has to be the key for this team because he can't play for the NBA. He's got to play for a national title. He's got to understand, and you know this better than anybody, first of all, share the ball. Number two, play inside out. Get the ball to Mondo, and it's going to make life easier for you and RJ and Pete Nance and everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I think that's something that to be said of that because I don't know if there's an established hierarchy, right? When I went to school, we were number one, right? Even though Harrison Barnes was the guy, Z was our Z was our first guy, Harrison was our second, and we go from there. And, and we feel in where we get in, where we fit in. And it was kind of understood. We were, you know, we were mature enough to understand. And we also knew we were all going to be fine if we won, right? So it's interesting now with them, it's not necessarily being NBA prospects, high-level NBA prospects. Now it's about winning, right? So, hey, look, if Armando's a guy, hey, you're the guy, we feed off of you. Like, I don't know if Caleb and RJ are, are guys that may have got that message or want to accept that, but someone, it has to be a hierarchy and you go from there, right? And if they can do that, man, I, I think they'll be fine. And I think they're still figuring that out. And even defensively, I think they could be a lot better as well. But time will tell because these close games could be throwing us off. They could come there and they could win close games against these good teams as well, right? This could be kind of a good test for them not being a blowout. So yeah, what I'm excited. Got, got, I, I think we're going to learn so much about them this week yeah. in Portland, right? Because I, I, I think I but wonder how much. Wait, 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 wait. Are you? They've got Portland in the first game. Then they probably, if they win, they get probably Villanova in the second game. Villanova has not been great. I, yeah. I, and, and in the final game in their bracket, they'll probably get one of these four, UConn, Oregon, Alabama, or Michigan State. Now, I know they could lose to those, but are they really going to lose to Villanova? Yeah, well, Villanova is tough as hell. They're probably going to have Cam Whitmore back at some point, right? They are tough. They don't give up. They don't quit. If you're gonna, if you're not going to show up ready to play and ready for a fight against Villanova, you're probably going to lose, no matter who you are, right? They're just too experienced. They're not going to beat themselves. And then whether it's UConn, whether it's Michigan State, I think it's going to be one of those two that ends up coming out on that side of the bracket. Like those are both veteran tough teams that you're not going to be able to walk right over. Now they're not. It's not like you're going to be getting another top five team. But if North Carolina plays it the way that they played against Charleston, against Wilmington, against some of these other bye games, against one of Villanova, UConn, Michigan State, doesn't matter who it is, they're going to get beat. So I'm curious to see, are they going to show up? Are they going to show out? Are they going to go out here and uh, national television look like the team that made it to the Final Four last year? Or is it going to be another thing where it's kind of like, okay, maybe they actually are who they were in November and December last year. And also, I wonder, I know they all got a bunch of, they all got a bag in NIL, right, coming back to school. I wonder how much that impact that has had. Like, are, are their focus kind of scattered at this point? Do you, are they worried about, I got a, I got this sponsor. I got this guy. Armando Baker has got a burger named after him on Franklin Street at, yeah, at, a, at a restaurant that, there. That is definitely a, a pertinent distraction. I mean, to be honest, if I had half, you know, half a million coming in, mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have blocked that many shots. I'm just going to be honest with you guys, you know? So um, it's, it's, it's something to take into account. Um, and like you said, it, this week is going to, they're not may not be playing great teams, but these are teams that they should beat. And these are teams of who, if they are who we think they are, they should roll through this, maybe have a tough game, not saying blow everybody out, but they should roll through this, go home and get ready for Indiana, Big Ten Challenge. I think that's going to be their biggest 
test it. They, it's at Indy, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, they get and they start rolling and they knock those guys off. Then we start talking, right? But we just got to see. We got to sit and wait because they haven't played anybody yet. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Big Ten. Um, Ohio State blew out Cincinnati today. Uh, it's kind of been a theme, right? The the Big Ten has had a lot of big wins. They dominated the Big East in the Dave Gavitt games. Um, and, you know, Maryland's looked really good. Michigan's been better than anybody thought they were going to end up being. Iowa has been awesome. Chris Murray looks State's like he been, might actually be better Michigan than his State's brother. Better. Yeah, like there's there's been a lot of teams that have looked – I think Michigan is the only team in the Big Ten that we could look here and say, yeah, you know what? They really have not lived up to expectations. Even Ohio state. I know they lost to San Diego state, but they beat, they beat a good Cincinnati team by 30 tonight. Okay. So, so what do you, uh, I had this argument with T.O. the other day and he says that the big 10 is just overrated. What happens is you got a bunch of veteran teams, veteran players, guys that are finished products that are going to play really well early on in the year. And then by the time we get to the end of the season, Uh, When everybody else is caught up and all of these star freshmen end up hitting their ceilings, when all these new transfers end up figuring things out, then the Big Ten is just kind of who they are. I disagree because I think that if you look at the best teams in the Big Ten, um, whether it's Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State to a point, there's a lot of teams that can match up and not have to rely on just having a big body, a big Kofi Coburn inside. So, Goodman, where do you stand on this? Is is the Big Ten, have have they impressed you? Is it just more of the same? Where do you stand on this conference as a whole? Yeah, I probably agree a little bit more with T.O. just because you look at some of the teams that have have surprised, right? Maryland, well, they're older. You know, they're older. They brought in a couple veteran transfers with some older dudes back and a new voice in Kevin Willard, really good coach. Obviously, Turge wasn't body in last year. He left after whatever it was, six games. Uh, Indiana, older for the most part. Brought in a couple good freshmen again, Jalen Hood, Chiffino, and Malik uh, Renault, but those guys are, are are more like pieces this year. Even Huchifino is going to be a lottery pick. Um, you know, Purdue, Iowa. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I'm i more apt to agree with, with, with Terrence on this. That I think the, the SEC has higher upside guys. They have guys that, that you know, are coming out of the gates and we, we don't expect them to do as much. Alabama, Arkansas, who did come out of the gates well today. Uh, Auburn, they've got more freshmen. Uh, more high high level guys, uh, high ceiling guys. So yeah, I, I, I kind of worry, and and just we've seen it. We've also seen it with the Big Ten. They haven't done anything in the tournament. No, nah, I, I, I can I agree with that. Um, you know, you think about the league style of play. You know, grind it, slug it out, physical style of play, right? And you translate that to March. That leaves less room for error, less possessions. And so, you know, you got these high flying, high wire, talented, you know, talented teams that come in and these guys are comfortable. They're playing well. Hey, they're trying to play for their professional lives as well, not just to win a championship. You know, it's, you know, you come against, a, you know, you may come against a cut team like Arkansas that may play against a, a Michigan State or an Iowa or something that in, in the, you know, uh, final Sweet 16 and they might run into a buzzsaw. You know what I mean? So, um, it, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see when they, if they can kind of translate that over, but it hasn't yet to be seen. You know, when they kind of get a tournament and it's up and down, it's neutral, it's all types of variations in play. You know, they they can't adjust. 
So I, I think it's I think it's both. I think overall the Big Ten is better than I thought it was going to be, mainly because some of the teams in the middle of the league are like look like they're probably going to be in that top twenty five range. I think Michigan State qualifies. Um, I think uh, Maryland qualifies. I think Iowa qualifies. I'd even say Purdue qualifies. I still don't think that there is a Final Four threat here, and I would not be surprised if every team in the Big Ten was knocked out by the Sweet Sixteen. So the league as a whole, I think, is better than I thought they were. But there's just, there's no great team. There's no one that you look at like Creighton. There's no one that you look at like Arkansas. There's no one that you look at like Houston, where you're just like, you see them play once, you're like, yeah, that team can can win a title. I think Illinois has got that ceiling. And I actually think Indiana is better than I give them credit for. You know, I think the Renault kid is really good. Awesome. And he brings another dynamic because he can shoot it. He's yep. skilled. He's a little bit more... Uh, versatile than um than race thompson is but there's just no one in that conference where like you look at them and you're like i don't know how we beat them i don't know how we play them i don't know how we deal with them um all right arizona's up 15 here there's about six minutes left in this game goodman i know that's your alma mater i know that you are in no way going to be able to talk about them uh without being somewhat biased but they look really good they are, their offense is in mid-season form they lost ben matherin they lost all of the they lost Dallin terry a year early they lost all of these great players and they haven't missed a beat like what, what what is happening with these wildcats yeah it surprises me to be honest i mean you lose three nba players um and all the, you know you bring back enough right to bellis is awesome and, and i don't know how i didn't put him on a preseason all-american team i think the problem was we saw Tubelis down the stretch, and I, I really think he was hurt. And he's such a tough kid. He never used it as an excuse. Tommy Lloyd never used it as an excuse for the kid, but he's tough. We know Kirk Carissa. Uh, he plays with energy. He, he, he can be up and down. I think he's certainly been a lot more. He already had triple-double this year. You know, my big your thing head, was, where, Where's your head? You're talking about Arizona. You don't have the Kirk Carissa headband on? I do have the headband, but if you're watching the game right now, Kerr is wearing a different headband. He's This was an, a headband from Kerr, John, in case you're wondering. Nice. So I look really good in it, don't I? I mean, listen, right. if I if I was in the rec league and I was like, hey, I'd pick a guy just off looks, I'm, I'm picking you first. For That's sure. what I'm saying. I mean, there's no question I'd be the first pick. But <laughs> Kerr is wearing a thinner – look look at the headband he's wearing right now. It's not the same headband. And I wonder if uh, – I wonder if he's upset at me or something. And he decided, no, you know what it is. He saw you put that one on. He's like, "There's no way I can ever look that good." Probably. True. I got. I got to change. I got to change what I'm doing here. But um, Courtney Ramey, Courtney Ramey tonight. Yes, yeah. And remember, he 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 got suspended for the first few games for uh, signing with an eight, going through the the Portsmouth process, going to Portsmouth Invitational, the dumbest shit ever, John. He goes to Portsmouth and he gets suspended when other kids are getting five hundred grand a year, a million a year for NIL, and like just rip up the rule book at this point. Because it's antiquated, it's stupid, and uh, so he got suspended. So he's been back. This is his second game. He's been absolutely awesome tonight. He's got 21 points. Uh, I don't think he's missed a shot from beyond the arc. Was that him again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Another one. Another one. They're now up uh, 19 points over a pretty damn good San Diego State team, a really, really good defensive San Diego State team, and uh, – Arizona might be for real, guys. They might be for real. I, I, I think they are, John. I think that they really are. I, I want to ask you this. Um, how hard is it in college to lose that amount of talent to the NBA and then come back the next year and just, like, start it all over again and not miss a beat? Uh, it's tough, but it's a testament to a program's coaching, their culture. Um, and, and so I think Arizona has that. I, I mean, I always said if Arizona was on the East Coast, I mean, you know, 
the, the whole country would probably know all their players would be household names. But, you know, since, you know, late games and stuff, it, it kind of stinks. But and, and it'd be scary if they're on the West because the players they get being on the West Coast, because Arizona was actually one of my favorite schools. Only reason I did not go there is because I didn't know if Luke was going to be coaching. I didn't know where, you know, so I decided. But I loved Arizona. I, so um, that campus, the city, the, the environment, um, they're going to be a powerhouse until we can't breathe anymore, right? Like they're, they're, they're that good. And this year they look a lot better. You know, they got two bigs. I love the two bigs. Of course you, know, you do. Love yeah. the two bigs and the guard plays good. And, and losing, you know, a, a guy that's – he's having um, – with Matthews having like 18 per game this year. Yeah. So for them to reload like that, um they're gonna they're gonna be sneaky on the West Coast and then the tournament we gotta they gotta make some noise, you know. So are you worried at all about them playing with those two bigs, right? Are you worried about the way that they match up with someone that's gonna space the floor a little bit? Like we saw Creighton plays basically with with four round one, and mm-hmm. we saw them struggle with Arkansas, an Arkansas team that wants to play five out. Are you worried all about the way that Arizona can match up with a team like that. Yeah, I, I am. I am, but I'm not because they can. They can. They can. Right now, they got Balo in, and they they, they got um, the other big on the bench. Um, so I, I think they can play like that as well. They can interchange them. Obviously, when it's a faster team, Balo's probably not going to be able to play as much. I don't know, but it's also to their you know benefit. They got two bigs down there that can bully guys, which is what they've been doing, you know, as of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Diego State also, I, I know they obviously added, um, you know, key transfer and in, in Darren Tremel, who's who's actually played pretty well in this game. But, you know, they're they're not known for their scoring. And this team isn't quite as good defensively as San Diego State has been in the past. And I, I think Arizona, again, their numbers, what they've done over the first few games is insane, right? They're averaging over 100 points. I think it's like the first team, um, I think it was something like, the first team in the last 15 years to average over 100 points and shoot over 60% in their first four games. Uh, incredible. They're not they going to get 100. Their lowest coming into this turn or coming into tonight, the least amount of points they scored in the game was 95, right? They were shooting 48% from three as a team. As a team, 48% from three. There are NBA teams right now that aren't averaging 104 points in a game. That's what Arizona was averaging coming in. They're scoring 80 right now. At the under four timeout, and we're like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of an off night. They, they scored, they put up 80 points, they're shooting 60% from the floor, and they're shooting 44% from three. And it's like, yeah, this was kind of an off night for them. They didn't play great, they didn't play their best. That's yeah, wild. I, I just think, uh, again, Tommy Lloyd's system is such that he's going to recruit um, a, a bunch of guys that obviously are skilled that move the ball. Um, but it is surprising playing with those two bigs that they've been this good offensively, right? That they're putting up those right. offensive numbers. Goodman, let me ask you this. How sustainable is it, right? Like how much I, – I know it's not all uh, Sean Miller's guys, and, and a lot of it is, is Tommy bringing them in and, and getting them to play an entirely new style, even the guys that were left over. But is this – if you're going to have that level of turnover, like is he going to be able to get this thing going the way that Gonzaga is going right now where he always has pros coming in over and over? Arizona. And over? It's yeah. Arizona. You, mm-hmm. He just needed momentum in year one. That was the best thing that could happen to him, right? It was getting win, you know, getting wins right out of the gate so you could take advantage of recruiting. He's going to get his guys internationally. That's not the issue. He's got to get the guys here, and you know, he's already done a pretty good job of taking advantage of, of the momentum he's gotten through winning in year one because, again, it is Arizona. And people on the – kids on the West Coast, if you want to stay close to home – 
there's only a couple, you know, blue bloodish type programs out there. It's UCLA, it's Arizona for the most part. Duke and Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas aren't all coming out, you know, for, for everybody. So Arizona's going to get those kids. And frankly, they're going to have a better shot of getting them to UCLA right now because of their style of play. I mean, there'll be some kids that want to stay in LA that don't want to leave, but a lot of those kids are going to look at the way this team is playing right now and say, shit, I want to play in that type of offense with that type of freedom. They got six guys averaging double figures. John, right. if you were being recruited, you got saw someone coming off the bench averaging 10 points a game, putting up a hundred, uh, putting up a hundred a night. Is that, would that be, is that enticing? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, that was something that, you know, when I went to school, when I was looking at North Carolina, they, they had guys that were five guys were averaging over 10 points. And, you know, Coach Williams always used to say, hey, look, we need to run the ball. Y'all want to score, right? Y'all want to average points. So, like, I like how Arizona's doing that because if you look down the roster, all those guys are playing. They're scoring high-level, high-octane offense. Um, and, like, and I think Jeff made a good point. There's only a couple schools out west that you would really want to go to and they want to come east. And I was the opposite. U- UCLA and Texas and North Carolina, my final three, UCLA, I flew out there. was just too far. It was too far, man, for me to come all the way from Florida. But it was actually my favorite school, you know. So I, I think that's something to say, too, man. Arizona is the school. If you're a West Coast guy and you want to stay close to home, I mean, it's Arizona, maybe UCLA, maybe, right? Now you got to go, go back east. All right. So we teased this a little bit earlier. Final four locations. We had the announcement for the 2027 through the 2030 final. It's wild that we're talking about 2030 final fours. It just, I feel I've never felt older in my entire life. Um, But so here's, here's the next eight final four locations, Houston this year, Phoenix in 2024, San Antonio in 2025, Indianapolis in 2026 and 2029, Detroit's in 2027, Las Vegas, Goodman's favorite 2028, and uh, they're listing it as North Texas. I believe that's just like Dallas-Fort Worth, right, in 2030. Goodman, I know you have some some very strong opinions about these locations. Well, again, I've already voiced my opinion for Vegas. We don't need to do much more than that. I, I tweeted at the Cosmopolitan earlier today and asked them if I could book a room now uh, for 2028. I think they said 10 months is the furthest you can go in advance. So I got to they actually answer you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they got right back. <laughs> yeah. So, um I also tweeted, John, um, that Detroit should not be a Final Four city. It should not. Um, Last time I was there, it it snowed. It snowed for the Final Four. I went over the border to Canada to play a little blackjack. That actually wasn't that hard to get over there and back, so that was fine. But I don't want to be in a cold-weather city for the Final Four. There's no reason for it. It's easy. Just rotate between four places, okay? Vegas. We got that now in the rotation. Keep that in the rotation. Uh, New Orleans, got to keep it in the rotation. It's warm, great food. Everybody in in a in a one area, you see everybody, fans, this great atmosphere. San Antonio, warm, great atmosphere. The Riverwalk, you see everybody, not too far from the arena. And then Indy is the one that maybe people will push back on me for, and I get it. Sometimes it's warm, sometimes it's not, but a great atmosphere again. Everything is compact there. You see everybody, coaches, fans, media, whoever. You get that experience. So those are the four to me. Detroit was not happy. I don't know if Trevor's already put up the um, the, the the tweet, some of the tweets I got in return from my tweet about that, that Detroit was the wrong place to have it. 
But uh, even the, the the newspaper, the free press, tweeted back at me. They were pissed off. I think they said, delete your tweet, Jeff. Um, it's no it's no knock on the city. I just, here we go. All right, so uh, you got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Delete this. My favorite one was, suck a bag, dude. Roseanne sucked. Because uh, everybody, you know, the, the John Goodman uh, reference to uh, to Roseanne, I get that quite a bit. If I'm you keep eating three banana puddings at every meal, you're going to end up looking like John I'm going to look bigger than John Goodman soon. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, Detroit, the summer, fine. I'm good. I'm in. But, like, April, early April when it might snow, hell no. I wouldn't have it in Detroit. I wouldn't have it in Boston, where I'm from. Let's go somewhere warm in which everything is walkable. That That's my biggest thing, right? That's why – I, I'm so anti-Houston and anti-Dallas for the Final Fours because you have to drive everywhere. And I don't know if you've ever driven into those cities, but it's, it's impossible to get like anywhere in those cities. Everything is just so spread out. You got to take an Uber anywhere you want to go. There's no like, I don't want to say no downtown because there are downtowns, there are pockets, there are areas where there's bars. But every, like you have to go over here to go to the stadium. You have to go over here to go to the hotels. And then there's this cool little night spot. There's clubs over here. And this is where you go for this. If you go to the four cities that Jeff mentioned, everything's right there, right? It took us 10 minutes to walk from the bar where we did all our live shows in New Orleans to the hotel. It took 10 minutes to get from the hotel to Bourbon Street. It took 10 minutes to get from Bourbon Street back to the, the bar where we were doing all of our live shows. Everything was right there. We were literally across the street from the casino all day at the brewery doing our live shows, which is right next to the hotel where all the coaches were, which was a block away from where Intersport was having a three-on-three national championship. Everything is there, right? In Indianapolis, I don't know if you've ever been there for like an event like that. Everything is right. You never, ever have to get in a car. You drive in from the airport, then you walk everywhere, and then you drive back to the airport. And Everything is pretty much connected, right? So you don't even have to walk outside, right? So yeah. Go through. I, I like that. that that's kind of cool because, see, I was like, when I, when I heard Phoenix, I, Phoenix is sneaky, but I don't think Phoenix is walkable. No, not even close. Yeah, so like, because you want to be in Scottsdale. You yeah, want to be in Scottsdale. Scottsdale and then, but I think the game will be downtown. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, but the Vegas, I, I mean, you know, they should be like the Super Bowl, right? If it doesn't have an average temperature of 55 degrees, just mark it off the list, right? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, like I said, spoken like a true like, Florida man right there. Spoken like a true right. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, um, like I said, I, like the Vegas is very intriguing because, you know, play a little blackjack, you can walk over to T-Mobile Arena, you get dinner, you don't have to take a car, and the environment is probably going to be absolutely, I mean, I hear these hockey games and these games that are like, they're like parties, like, you know, the Raiders games are like parties, so that'll be a fun time, that'll be a fun time. Goodman, you got anything else to add? You want to apologize to the people of Detroit? No, I, I feel no need to apologize to, to, <laughs> to people from Detroit. I know they don't want me there. Um, they don't want me in Minneapolis either. Uh, it's tough. In can, the I, can I say I actually thought the, the final four in Minneapolis was fine. Like I, I enjoyed Minneapolis as a cold. City. It was cold. It was, it was cold and it was wet and it was rainy. But for the most part, like there were good restaurants. We found a couple really fun spots to go out right i thought that um overall like the minneapolis experience was i I, left a good taste in my mouth whereas you know houston and dallas not necessarily just such a pain to get anywhere Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's my only thing. The the ease of having that feel where you go to a big event. Um, listen, anyway, this was fun. We've been here for an hour and 10 minutes now. Uh, our producer, Trevor, is texting me saying, cut it, cut it. I want to get some sleep tonight. So I think I it's time to let him go, let him take a nap. He's been working his ass off. Uh, Trevor and Dagan and, and, and Jacob, those guys kill it for us. So uh, for our production crew, for Jeff Goodman, for John Henson, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again tomorrow night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.